Hi, I'm Lucas James. And I'm Jordan Ross. And I'm AJ Casada. And we're the co-hosts of How to Scale an Agency. After scaling our own agencies to over $185,000 per month in sales and working with agencies doing hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue like Hawk Media and Neil Patel, we've made this show to interview the top digital marketing agency owners and highlight the fastest ways to scale your agency. If you would like to join a community of like-minded agency owners and scale your business while doing so, go to eightfigureagency.co forward slash call to explore options on how we can help you scale your agency. What is good, agency owners? Got a really awesome conversation today. We got Taryn, founder of Milkshake Media, here with us today. He had a great year, more than doubled his business in the year of 2023. When we met him, he was doing 40K a month. They're now at more than double that, 2.5X in their business in less than nine months. So talking about the story of how they did that, and Taryn, for everyone that doesn't know you and doesn't know Milkshake Media, who are you? Who is Milkshake Media and what do you guys do? What's up, man? Hey, everyone. Yeah, as you mentioned, my name is Taryn. I'm the co-founder here at Milkshake Media. We are an e-commerce email marketing agency. We work exclusively with just e-commerce brands, seven and eight figure e-com brands. And we basically plug into their business and really help them scale their email marketing channel. So for a lot of brands, we're accounting for between 30 to even 50% of their business revenue, usually within 60 to 90 days. Yeah, we're driving about a third of their sales once we get things rolling. So that's our service offering. And yeah, that's about it. Awesome. And I want to take us back to March, right? We through, you know, I believe it was probably Twitter, got connected, ADF and Milkshake. When we started collaborating back in March, your business was really different, right? You actually had as a goal, we want to be able to do 100K per month. So congratulations, you hit that goal in less than a year. Just to remind you at that point, doing 40K a month, where were you back in March? I have a, I have my notes and I could jot your memory if you want to know specifically, but take us back. Where were you at March and what made you want to reach out to ADAF to talk about growth and getting from 40K to 100K per month? Yeah, so I guess our journey to 40K, we were a very sort of different business. It was, it was definitely a lot messier and it was kind of glorified freelancing. We definitely had a team. So the business is owned by myself and my business partner, Huss. And we had a team to help us out, but we were doing a lot of the service delivery side of things. So quite messy, I would say. And we definitely started to plateau in terms of growth. Our time was really being spent, majority of the time, especially for Huss, was being spent purely just account management. And Huss is, was getting married this year. So he just got married last month and up in March. So in March, it was like, I think it was like six months away. There's a bit of a stressful time for us because firstly, like I think revenue-wise, we weren't really where we wanted to be. Secondly, just in terms of how much time he was having to put in uh, for the tasks that he was doing, it just didn't seem like there was any end in sight. So it was, it was a super stressful time. So when we came across what you do and you know, the results that you're able to offer for your clients, it, was, it felt like a match made in heaven. So it was really a no-brainer for us at the time. I really love hearing this. Like it's so interesting to see where you're at like even just reading back to you like hey your goal was to get to 100k per month in march you did it like that's awesome right and i think as founders i don't know if you remember that that was your goal but you did it so i hope your ambitions are bigger and broader but yeah like even some anecdotal notes like 
we couldn't bring on three to four clients a week if we wanted to without the business breaking, communications issue, accountability, training, hiring, all the things. So when you came in, because you guys grew within three months, I think you went from 40 to 60, 70, right? So you added 20 to 30K recurring revenue, like pretty quick, two to three months. What were some of the foundational things? Because you had hit a plateau and within like two months, plateau, like you grow to a new level, what were the things that actually allowed that to happen? So I think it was really systematizing all of our service delivery. So because firstly, we were managing the, serv- the service delivery ourselves, myself and Huss, with with our team members, of course. That's what all our time was being spent doing. And there was no, even between me and Huss, sometimes there was no consistency, let alone between our employees and us. So the big thing that uh, really allowed us to, to, to grow, I would say, was being able to have consistent systems for us to actually onboard new employees that, because even if we had a new employee, it would take us so long to train them up. You know, it would be a lot of manual work. You know, we'd teach them all the nuances of the role. Like this is what you do here, this is what you do there. It was a lot of manual work. So just the concept of hiring a new employee, it didn't seem like a very sexy option because we're like, okay, well, this is going to take so much time just to hire. And I only have so much time to work. So there was a lot of issues just, I would say, freeing up our time from getting out of just doing the day-to-day working in the business. We weren't able to work on the business, which is, I guess during that three-month period where we were able to really, that's what we were able to achieve. Do any specific processes, templates, or systems stand out as to when you implemented these things, the training, the onboarding, the delegation happened faster? What are the things that stand out in your mind? I would say like just the entire employee onboarding system for us was probably one of the, the biggest game changers. Us going through the entire customer journey, figuring out, you know, at every single part, what needs to what we do for for our clients, and then creating an SOP for every single aspect of that, and then being able to train the staff, a brand new employee when they come on board, how to actually t- make them be out, how to teach them to u- use all the systems that we have, and where they can find all those resources. I think that was the biggest game changer for us. It was, yeah, having new employees come on board and just then able to hit the ground running. Uh, you know, within two weeks, they're fully trained. They know how to how to do their entire role. Mm. What was the difference? How long would it, would it take before? So it took two weeks after. How long would it take before before all the systems? Probably like a month. And it would take a lot more. Even within that month, it would take a lot more of our time. So yeah, it took two weeks. It takes two weeks now. But that's just because that's how long an employee takes to learn. From us, it's still, I only, like if we have a new employee, we onboarded someone recently, like a couple of weeks ago. Sorry, no, like a month or two ago. And yeah, like she was able to do her entire role within like two weeks and i only had like three four calls with her like and this is a one of the most complex roles within our agency Uh, she was able to just pick it up it's like she's been like even some of my team were like it's like she's been here for so long and i i would thank her obviously she was just a very capable employee but she wouldn't be able to do it without the systems that we set in place i could imagine some of the listeners who are like in that place where you were are like it almost seems too simple. So you built the workflow, you managed, you mapped out everything on the nuance, you started building assets. Were there anything else? Because I know one of the things we talk about like is the the training matrix. I don't know if that was something that was relevant for you guys, but was there anything else in that initial phase of employee onboarding and training that made sense for you guys that really made that impact for that delegation? Or was that it? Like really just dialing in? I would say 80% of the impact came from just 
that the SOPs and having everything centralized and and systems for every process. For each employee, we we pretty much built out what their entire first uh, two weeks looks like. So every single day, you know what they're supposed to do. So there's a list of tasks every day for a brand new employee. So day one, this is what you're going to do. This is what you need to learn. So every single aspect of that is built out. I would say that really attributes to yeah, like majority of this is yeah. And then the skills gap analysis was also super helpful to help us you know, run our trainings as well. So for those more specific, those more nuanced things to teach them, I know you always say the trainings are to teach them how to how to think. So that's what we implement as well. Yeah, and just to reiterate for listeners, when you onboard someone, there's two phases so far. It's like core of my operation, we need to find everything. We need to have the SOPs, the trainings. And then for onboarding talent into these things, we need to have a two-week hour-by-hour breakdown that goes into everything. This is what you're watching and when, this is when it's done and when you know it's complete for the nuanced things that are a little bit more complex. So what Taryn's saying, it's we call it the skill gap analysis. It's like a matrix. If you map out for a graphic designer for cold email, or sorry, for email campaign, these are all the skills they need to have. Or if you have an account manager that's managing a client, right? These are all the skills we need them to have. There are hard skills and soft skills. There are copy skills and communication skills. What are all those things? When you fully map that out, you could introduce specific trainings. You could say, watch these videos of me doing this skill. You could do role plays. It it makes it so much clearer and concise because a lot of times what you guys were doing, you're training on the fly without intentionality and a lack of intentionality creates a lot of waste. So awesome. So we systematized it. We started building SOPs and trainings. We started onboarding really developing training and then we start to delegate talk to me about the management now that you're starting to delegate some things what things did you build that allowed you to make sure from a management perspective your employees were doing the things they need to do and doing it the right way and maintaining your standards yeah so we have the end of end of day checklist that they fill out so you're a big fan of that checklist too so we pretty much utilize we we use it exactly the way that you taught us to use it so at the end every single day Every employee fills out a checklist of every single task. So we already pre-fill it of all the tasks that they're supposed to do. And then they just check it off that they've completed that task every single week. And by the end of the week, we just pretty much check, is everything done for the week? Is everything done every day of the week? And then there are some tasks that they have to do monthly as well. So that's really, really helpful for us at a glance. You know, within like two minutes, we're able to analyze like 25 employees to make sure that everyone's done everything they need to do. Compared to... You know, previously where it's like, firstly, you don't really know because we work all entirely remotely. So we don't really, we can't really uh, keep an eye on every single task that every single employee does. It's impossible. Yeah. So the way that we were able to just immediately switch over to just being able to look at it on a glance, if we have any questions, we reach out. It's a game changer. One of the hardest things as an agency owner is building a team that can actually execute without needing you can deliver results that you could trust to learn things fast and deliver every single time. The reality though, most of us can't afford top tier talent. And even those of us who can afford top tier talent doesn't know how to get the best talent to work for us. That's why I built the eight figure funnel. I've been able to hire over six eight-figure COOs and convince them to come work for me to help my clients grow. Guys that have already been there and done that, that have run 20, 30, 50, 80 million dollar a year companies working for someone who's not even 30 years old. 
I've put this all into a simple ebook so you can do exactly the same thing. If you want access to this ebook, go to eightfigureagency.co forward slash value and grab one of my best pieces of free content that I've ever released today. Hey there, this is Jordan Ross, your host of How to Scale an Agency, and thank you so much for listening. If this podcast has given you any value, if you listen to it weekly or you're just tuning in on a blue moon, please like and subscribe and give us a good review. Reviews are the easiest way that we can help other agency owners expand their information, their knowledge, and grow their companies, which is why we do this. We do this to help each and every one of you make business growth simpler. So, like I've said, if you've received value, we do not promote our podcasts any other way except through word of mouth. We don't have sponsors because we want to keep this as high level for you as possible. If you could return just a little bit of a thank you back to us, we would so greatly appreciate it. Now, let's get back to the show. I talk about the end of day report the stand, the standard the standard work checklist and the day report a lot because if you're not doing it, you're messing up and if you're doing you know like how imp- impactful it is but i can't overstate it right daily weekly monthly from a data perspective how are what's like let's just say if our, we're sending a specific type of email or abandoned cart campaign for these clients like what's the open rate what's the reply rate what's the like did it create roi standard work project management tasks like all these things you could see it and then you could report that out to your clients from a managerial perspective, I find that a lot of times outside of just making sure that your team members are doing the things they need to do, it's also about managing the the person. Did you guys pick up anything during the experience around people management outside of like task management and in like performance management that shifted how you run your business? Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think before we were the ones that grew it. So we're very scared of handing over control, especially for your clients like at the end of the day, I know everyone kind of says this, it's cliche, but truly we, we really do care about our clients, you know, and giving that control over to an employee that you obviously trust is still really scary. So I would say just first of all, having, being able to trust your employees that, you know, you've hired them, you've trained them, they're going to be able to do their task. That, that was like a massive deal for us just internally, just it, being comfortable with sometimes not knowing everything, what's going on with the client and knowing that the employee is managing it and they'll come to you when they have an issue. So the first process was just allowing that to happen. Second one was building a system in a way that your employees, your team is able to come to you with issues or come to you with questions. Sometimes it's on us. Sometimes, you know, we make mistakes or they just, you know, there's something that they're unsure about. Or sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes, you know, there's our employees, sometimes they're a little too nice and they're dealing with issues from the client that myself or Huss would never deal with, you know, immediately would put our foot down and say, this is not how we work, but they let things go sometimes. So just building out the systems and, and, and making sure that we are regular, we pretty much talk to most of our, every single one of our like managerial positions, we talk to them, we have meetings every single week, uh, two meetings every single week with those employees. So just knowing if there are any issues that have been had, uh, how to deal with them, that's been a big challenge and something that we've learned. Are those new positions, those managerial positions, did you have those before March or were those new things that were created in the business? We had one. Now we have three. So the first one that we had, yeah, we hired her like over a year ago and she was really good, but 
teaching her the role was much easier because we we had much less clients. There was much less work to do. Where I would have just she was better. I would have like copy us. It just ghost us for a while and shadow us for a while, and we were just able to you know pretty much do the work together until she learned how to do the role. But that's not really possible when you're managing much more employees, much more clients. So really, throughout this year was when that system really got challenged. What's the average ratio of manager to employee? So you have three now. How many how many direct reports do all three of them have? So I use the term manager, but what I really mean is like an account manager. So in terms of the actual employees, majority of them. So we have a design team who actually has like a manager where they where our design team reports to. So the way that an email marketing agency works, it's, it's there is a lot of moving parts. So there's a lot of different roles. We have a design team, which is our biggest team, which we have about, I think, 11 or 12 now designers. So they report to a head of design. We have an actual manager who reports to us then. Then we have a team of account managers who sort of manage the actual account. So these guys are the ones that really replace myself and us in terms of the day-to-day account management of uh, making sure all the client work is being done, managed, all the deadlines are being met. That's really the account managers are the ones that kind of have to coordinate between four or five different people and ongoing. So they're not actually managing staff. They're also managing the account to make sure things are running smoothly, more project management. Okay. And when you guys got out of the account management, so you delegate, so we build the systems, we onboard the talent, we we have visibility in the day reporting, we, we onboard account management, and we have this manager range in the design team. Where did your time go to after that? Where'd you put your time? That was different. So a few different things. So firstly, now I'm able to really start focusing on just my own, building my own personal brand, writing content, building uh, you know much more higher level, working on the business, more future things. So I do a lot more YouTube videos now, I write a lot more content for my Twitter, for my LinkedIn, just more, way more focus on my personal brand so I can actually take it, you know, the agency to that next level. Hus, on the other hand, now is really focused more so on the back end. So always iterating so yeah we built out the systems you know six months ago and we did it during the three months with you but things are always we're always trying to operate uh, we're always trying to optimize what's going on so you know if an issue comes up immediately like Mahas and I we jump on the call like, okay how can we make sure we can avoid this how can we build another system around this I feel like I've said systematize like a thousand times on this call already but that's literally what we're doing we're just trying to build more SAPs more systems and just really really dial down anything that we can that we can to really improve our service delivery. I think that's the key here. Because we have the time, because we're not doing account management, Huss, who's the COO and the operator of the business, and you're like the, if he's the, I call it architect and the engineer, you're the architect, you're architecting the brand and the vision. He's the engineer, he's the one building it. Huss is now able to focus on what I call continuous improvement. Continuous improvement is the, is the act and the practice of making one, two, three percent improvements every day and week because especially in an agency especially what we do things are not perfect there are thousands of little variables and processes that need to be literally thousands it takes multiple years and i think a lot of people hear this story oh we got to 100k he wants to do it he did his first they hear that and they're like oh i can do that but they don't see you guys have been building for all year all year and now that you're at 100k for me this is where actually the game begins like this is where the fun now starts. We got to 100K, we have some capital, let's go to 200. And with the time not being an account manager, you actually have the space to change your assistance from 
or startup mode systems to, okay, we're no more of a defined system system in business now to the next change that's going to be happening for you. you guys are at seven figures going from seven to mid seven, you have to change it to more like enterprise level system. So a lot of this will actually just plant fancy for you, um, Taryn, it's the psychological processes. How do we psychologically make sure we're managing our our, our clients? How could they stay bought in because you're working with them, but they're also getting hit up by a bunch of cold email agencies too, or um, not cold email, a bunch of email agencies too. So how do you make sure they still believe in what you're doing? So you've been able to build your brand. What, what's been the impact of you building your brand? And then we'll wrap up from there on your business and growth. Yeah, I would say incredible. Yeah. And even in months sometimes where like I'm busy with something else or I, my focus changes to uh, you know, I still somehow, I still help with operations. So even during the months where I'm not able to fully give all of my attention to building my brand, the brand still kind of works for itself and it is consistently just generating leads. So I would say it's, it's been game changer. I would say for me to get to where I want to get to next year, it's going to be a cornerstone for uh, that success. It's going to be a cornerstone for a long time, especially the compounding game, which is so because I have people hitting me up on Twitter. I've been reading your content for 18 months. I've been watching your YouTube, reading your newsletter. So that's what, especially in the world that you're at, you're working with seven-figure e-com brands. There are e-com owners that are reading your stuff that aren't going to be in the buying window of being a seven-figure brand until a year from now or six months around. But they've been reading your stuff so they become a client. So Taryn, thank you so much for coming on. Six from 40K to 100K in you know less than nine months. If someone wants to reach out to you, follow you on social, like where could they find you or Milkshake Media? Yeah, I would say the easiest place to find me is on Twitter. It's email underscore Taryn. That's T-A-R-U-N. Yeah. I'm going to give you a follow too. And if they want to check out Milkshake Media, where could they check that out? Or your YouTube channel too. Let's plug your YouTube channel too. Yeah, it's Milkshake Media on YouTube as well. So that's the agency name. So it's on YouTube. Awesome. Well, Taryn, thank you so much for coming on. And guys, you heard it here first. This stuff works from 40K to 100K from, you know, a team of founders in the business to out of the business, now building brand and building better systems to go from 100K to 200 and 300K in 2024. Taryn, thank you so much for coming on. Give a like, subscribe. If you enjoyed this podcast and share this with an agency owner you think might need help. What is good, agency owners? Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you are looking for support growing your agency and are not sure the best way to do that, go to eightfigureagency.co forward slash call where you will book a call with us and we will start our process to help you figure out what is the best way to grow your business. We're going to review your systems, add value, and help you understand a new model and system that you can start to build that is going to easily enable massive growth this year. Once again, that is eightfigureagency.co forward slash call, where we will help you scale your agency and add $10,000 in MRR per month. Cheers.